0: to. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy30. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Heat Check, today we've got a special interview with NBA insider Bill Ryder. We conducted this interview last night with my co-host Ryan Horvath and PJ Glasser on BetMGM Tonight my other show. Bill hosts a show called Rider Than You on CBS Radio weekdays from 10 to noon and is an award-winning journalist who has covered the association for many years. He's really good and shockingly he agrees with me a ton. So do me a favor Nick and drop that fucking beat. In this first clip, Bill decides to give his opinions on who he likes to come out of the East. I knew we were on the same wavelength as soon as he started saying mean things about the Brooklyn Nets.
1: I do not believe in the Brooklyn Nets. I will fade them at every chance and take the risk. They do come to work and figure it out. I like the Milwaukee Bucks. I know that's kind of chalk once they get healthy. I just think it's so easy to to look past because they're in the Midwest. I think we take Giannis really just for granted how well-run that organization is, how dominant Giannis is. But I, I saw a lot of Cavaliers this year just bopping around, talking to various folks and various teams. I just happened to be in a lot of their games. And I'm starting to talk myself into at least Cleveland overachieving. I know that I'm not the person in the country doing that but if you think the drama is going to pull down the Celtics and the Nets and there might be some injuries elsewhere if like me you love the Sixers but think Doc Rivers is a walking postseason disaster I think Cleveland's interesting.
0: We also asked Bill about his thoughts on my dark horse pick to come out of the east the Toronto Raptors. Listen in.
1: I'm with you guys on Toronto. I don't have a bet on it, but I was talking to a couple buddies that we pool our resources and bet a little larger than we should every year. We're nibbling on the edges there. I think the Nets are like, look, the Brooklyn Nets could win the whole thing. They're talented enough. I think the likely outcome is they're going to be really underwhelming. We've seen this story before. What did Bill Parcell say? People tell you who they are. Kyrie Irving, unreliable. I mean, you guys know all the drama. That leaves the Sixers. I think they can be great. I love the moves they made, added some three and D guys, was around that organization for several days last week. They're actually legitimately confident. But if you think things can go wrong, if you think MB can get hurt again, if you think Doc Rivers is the wrong guy I do, and that manifests itself maybe in the regular season instead of the postseason, I think Toronto's really interesting. Nick Nurse is one of the three or four best coaches in the game. They've got a pretty good core. If things go right for them and have to go badly for those other teams, they're There's certainly value there.
0: One of the teams that had a very rough offseason was the Phoenix Suns. Tons of drama. I asked Bill his thoughts on what we might expect from them this season and if they can overcome some of those issues.
1: I'm personally fading the Suns. I'm in that, and groupthink makes me nervous, and when everybody thinks something, that's where you find some value, right, if you're actually putting money down. Here's my thing. I, I think the Aiton thing is a real issue with Monty Williams because Monty's strength, or one of his strengths, he's a great X's and O's coach, but his ability to connect with a locker room is really important. And the fact there's an openly discussed cold war between a guy that didn't want to be there anyway, and they gave him a contract after he thought he was going to get a chance to go somewhere else from the head coach. That's a problem. And I think for me the big thing is, and I'll just be candid, I know Chris Paul gets celebrated as a leader. I understand that's the narrative. It's just, it's just not true, or it's a lot more complicated than the idea that the, he, he's this incredible leader. He grinds he d- days, guys down. He does. I mean, guys, I've done reporting on this. A lot of guys can't stand Chris Paul who play with him. He, you're right, he grinds them down. He gets on guys. He talks smack. He can be really hard on dudes. And when he was had the play to back it up, that would some not always sometimes be the glue that would make it work. I've talked to a couple GMs this year from a distance, right? These guys aren't with the Suns who think Chris Paul, amazing player, blah blah blah, might be washed, right? Just he's almost forty. He's getting to an eight. He's five years past when a, a point guard of his stature and, and physical his build should play the level that, that, that he has, he's a great player, whatever. I think that's over. And if it is, I think his approach to leadership, the, the DeAndre Ayton thing, even even Sarver being forced out, there's just too many question marks for me to put money on the Suns. If the number got good enough, if they got off to like a really bad start and the number dropped, I might put some money on them like I did a few years ago to, to go all the way and then probably start fading them in a conference finals if they got there. But I just, I'm in that group of people that think that there's too many question marks on and off the floor to really believe in Phoenix.
0: My co-host Ryan is a huge Chicago Bulls fan, like massive. So, of course, we had to ask Bill his thoughts on Chicago this season and whether they can actually compete for another playoff spot. Turns out, he's a Chicago fan too.
1: So I'm from the Chicago area, like back and forth between Chicago and Iowa. And I was, I'm i a Chicago sports fan. Hard to be a Bulls fan because I, I cover the sport, right? So it, it sort of yeah. changes things. I really wanted to believe in him. And you know this as a fan, ball is so important to what they do and if you look at their record last year when he played last year it was small sample size but big enough that it matters i mean their winning percentage was good enough to be the second best team in the east they were in first when he got injured last year i think in january he just brings a defensive energy and effort that i think actually raises the defense of the rest of the team and and you're right i mean DeRozan was a statistical anomaly last year it's like betting that tails is going to come up 40 out of 50 times awesome that it happened probably not going to happen again So I think Chicago's going to struggle to be in the top six. I think the East is that crowded. But they fooled me last year, and if ball can somehow get healthy and get back earlier than we expect, maybe there's some optimism. But I think the combination of a regression for tomorrow and the fact that they don't have the defense that they need and an East that I think is markedly better, I don't think it bodes well.
0: Another team that had its share of drama this year is the Golden State Warriors, really in the last couple of weeks with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Bill gives his opinion on what we might expect from them this year. Give it a listen.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It's amazing. Of the six betting favorites to win the NBA championship this year, four of them are dealing with seriously self-inflicted drama on an extreme level. The Suns, the uh, the Celtics, the Nets, because they're the Nets, and the Warriors with with the punch to Jordan Poole. I, I think those four storylines are going to greatly impact what happens. I think, I don't know is the answer to your question, but my guess is... The most likely organization where it's going to be okay of those four teams is the Warriors because Steph Curry really is a beloved leader in that locker room. Because the guy that was wrong, Jordan Poole, not just got paid, which helps, but has handled this with such class, right? Sort of quiet class, put the team first. And because I think Draymond Green, for all of his shortcomings that were on display... Is going to be like Kobe Bryant when he had his own personal stuff. I know different situation, but Draymond's the kind of guy that goes on the floor, and that's a that's a respite, that's a place he can escape. So I think like I'm on the Warriors big. It's not I mean it's not an amazing bet right because the odds aren't great. But I think that they're the favorite in a big way in the Western Conference because I do think the Suns have regressed and will be impacted. I could go through over team.
0: the Clippers, huh?
1: Yeah, the thing I love the Clippers and I've got the Clippers in the Conference Finals. I think that's a, it's two things. Like, do you really believe that Kawhi Leonard's going to be healthy for I don't know 60 regular season games in the playoffs? To me, that's a coin flip. I want it to be true, but it wasn't when he was younger, and he's no longer younger. And do you think Paul George can play at an exceptionally high level in the playoffs if that happens? Which, again, to me is a coin flip. So Clippers have a ton of ceiling. I just worry about their ability, well, in, in, in PG's case, to play at a high level, and really in the case of Kawhi Leonard, just to be on the floor consistently enough. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
0: and Mavs might actually have a better season. Turns out, Bill doesn't like either of them.
1: So I am not high on the Knicks. Like okay. I, I was not a fan of that Jalen Brunson contract. I, I'd love to be wrong. So I think it's the Mavs. Like, I don't love their roster construction, and I think outside of Luka Doncic, there's a lot to be desired. But assuming the guy really comes in like in great shape and great focus, and he looks good. I mean, he is a top, what, guys, three player in the NBA. He's yeah. the betting favorite to be the MVP. You can't be the MVP if you're not a top-four team, especially after the terrible vote for Westbrook several years ago when he had that triple-double silliness that shouldn't have got him that hardware so I think the odds are the Mavs at, at least in the regular season have a much better season than the next and we've seen what Luka can do when he goes full sort of solo hero mode in the playoffs
0: finally since we are a gambling show we couldn't let Bill go without asking for some of his thoughts on NBA future bets so I've got a few I can't
1: bet on some of these because I'm actually an NBA voter so I don't really know what the rules are but I think Embiid's gonna win the MVP for, for yeah, a yeah could you vote I- that
0: i <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah I got you guys all right <laughs> you
1: guys Look, I think there's a few things to play here. I, I think the Sixers are going to be really good in the regular season. I know NBA's angry as hell about the fact he didn't win last year, but I think the main thing is psychology. And I'm not insulting my fellow NBA voters. It's just the truth. In, my, in that world, in the NBA in particular, guys are, the men and women who vote, are so worried about NBA Twitter and how they're going to be viewed and whether people are going to think that they're idiots when they go out to dinner on the, on the beat. And I think they're very impacted by what they're supposed to do. And this idea of getting things wrong, I've heard people already that vote talk a lot socially about, you know, Embiid's going to have a great year, which is code for I should have voted for him last year, and I can hear him still complaining from last year's vote. So I think there's a lot of value on Embiid. I love Kobe Altman to be executive of the year in Cleveland. Like, Mm -hmm. if you believe in Cleveland, but you're not really sure, like, how that plays itself out, because you don't think Cleveland's going to make it that deep in the playoffs, because it's a regular season vote. I think Kobe Altman, as executive of the year, is a really, really, really good bet and i'm trying to i'm trying to talk myself into the under on the lakers total cuz lakers numbers are always enhanced because people in la go to vegas all the time yes. they just get a lot of help now if you think Anthony Davis is going to willingly play the five and or stay healthy, I don't think either of those will happen. That's why we call him Humpty Dumpty on our radio we call show. call him Data you Davis. Do, yeah, I mean, Anthony Humpty Dumpty Davis. I like the under on the Lakers because it's always too much. I'm a little worried LeBron's going to go beast mode at the end of his career. Those are the ones that I have money on or that I would if I weren't an actual voter.
0: That's all the time that we have for this bonus episode of the Heat Check. Bet MGM Tonight airs Monday through Friday, 7 p.m., to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, it's a shitload of hours every single night. It's also available on demand on the Odyssey app and is in podcast form wherever you find your podcasts. A million thanks to my co-hosts, PJ Glasser and Ryan Horvat and super producer, Cameron Gray. Check back tomorrow for an all-new episode. We're going to have mini-episodes all the time, so keep checking the feed. Every damn day something is popping, folks, and follow us. Follow the Heat Check as we cover the 2022-2023 NBA season, which I am so excited for, I can't even begin to tell you. Also, download, subscribe. Please tell all of your friends, every single damn one of them. Spread the word. It helps us. Sharing is caring. And give us a follow on social at, at this heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok because the Heat Check never sleeps. Thanks again, and we'll see you again soon.